Do you realize that it was a symbol of masculinity in your society at one time? It's a motorcycle. You ride it. I like his style. Enough people have played with my brain already this year. Hello, Internet. Welcome to Who Are You? A Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two strangers getting to know each other while reviewing their favorite television show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And I really stumbled through that, but that's okay because I don't have to talk much, Laura. It's my turn to ask you, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am? Very nice. <laughs> well, you told me about one of your hobbies last week. So I mm-hmm. thought about what are my hobbies? And one of my hobbies is that I like to bake things. And I have to put an asterisk on that a little bit because the baking that I do is mostly of the sweets variety. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not much on breads. There's a lot of like yeast and living organisms that are, you can't control them. <laughs> Uh, sometimes your yeast isn't alive or whatever and sometimes it's too old or something like that I just I just never got an interest in bread I also really love to eat sweets so it's mostly uh, uh, (laughs) a self-serving there yeah self-serving hobby exactly (laughs) like hmm, I would really like a cake now I should do that you know (laughs) I'd say that like the best part about baking with a family and particularly with my husband, because he's the more more helpful of the two of my family members <laughs> <laughs> than my seven and a half year old son. But don't tell him I said that. I, I kind of learned the rules for baking when I was a mm-hmm. kid, like doing it with my mom. So my mom makes a lot of pies, different kinds of cookies. One of the things that we did at Christmas, it's not baking exactly, but it's more like confection. We make candy every Christmas. Oh. We make uh, really good peanut butter cups. I have never liked Reese's peanut butter cups because I think that something that they're using, like the sugar is grittier or the t- something about the texture is not right. Maybe they don't use as much peanut butter as we use. Mm-hmm. Not sure. But ours come out really creamy, like almost still peanut butter, but it's, it's got a firmness to it that it, it sits well in the chocolate shell. Okay. Uh, but it's not gritty Reese's yeah Reese's do get really gritty I am not a fan I would much rather have a Buckeye Um, oh see I haven't eaten those actually well uh they're kind of I guess they're I'm assuming they're Ohio thing yeah I was gonna say Midwest is what I'm guessing yeah I I never see them in Michigan but that might be because it's distinctly an Ohio thing and there's Mm. a little bit of "Mm," there oh it's there Uh, Hmm. okay (laughs) <laughs> I will occasionally uh, stop on my way down to Columbus at uh, Coons, which is okay. a candy shop uh, that has excellent Buckeyes. I will have to try them. Yeah. I'm assuming that they're similar, maybe in texture or something, but we we all do other stuff, mostly chocolate based, like chocolate covered cherries. And another thing that makes our candy better than say a Reese's or just something you get at the store is I think that American chocolate has kind of a waxy to it you know what i'm talking about i do and we tend to get 
the like Ghirardelli baking chocolate or the Ghirardelli confectioner's chocolate when we do stuff. Okay. So it's that smoother European, European style. I don't think Ghirardelli is a European company necessarily, but not as waxy. Definitely doesn't oxidize as fast. Mm -hmm. Like good stuff. They're from San Francisco. Yeah, that's what sure. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very European style that they do it in. Yes. So a lot of my a lot of my learning has been chocolate based and I am a big chocolate fan. So that's that's good. But having like my husband to bake with, coming back to my point, he has different flavor styles than I do. Uh-huh. And like I know the rules of what we need to do. So I know <laughs> how I need to melt the chocolate. What mm -hmm. I can use to thin the chocolate. I know how long something will need to bake or what we need to put in it, what we can't put in it, most importantly, you know, because it's, it's mm -hmm. very chemistry based. Yes. And you get too loose with it, you're going to really mess it up. So I know the rules. And then he knows the good flavors, like what flavors okay. will be interesting, what things will be like new and exciting, you know, because I, I tend to make sometimes the same things over and over again, but he's like, what about X, Y, Z? So one of my favorite things that we make together, my mom always does chocolate covered Oreos at Christmas, which is not a hard thing to do, right? You take a thing of chocolate, you melt it and you put Oreos in it. Well, we decided one year we were going to try to do different flavors of chocolate covered Oreos, not the Oreo itself, but the chocolate that was around the Oreo. Hmm. And so we did a Mexican hot chocolate version where we put mm. in a little bit of cinnamon mm -hmm. and a little bit, I don't remember which pepper he used, like maybe cayenne, just a little bit of cayenne. Mm -hmm. And it came out so good. I had ordered the cocoa marshmallows. You can get those in bulk on Amazon. <laughs> so like just the little dehydrated marshmallows mm -hmm. that you get in hot cocoa packets. I got a bunch of those. And so we we dipped them in this chocolate that was flavored with the cinnamon and the the cayenne. And then we put little marshmallows on top, just like a hot, hot cocoa. And it was so good. Another thing that we did together, this was last year for my boss's birthday. We kind of missed a milestone birthday that my boss had because pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we all felt really guilty about it. You know, we wanted to throw him a nice big yeah. uh, party at work for, for the milestone. And then it didn't happen because everything was falling apart. Uh, so we decided to throw an off-year birthday party, and I even got balloons that said 5-1 on them, <laughs> <laughs> which I just outed his birthday. Sorry. <laughs> but we made four dozen cupcakes. Each dozen was a different flavor, and we made them all cocktail-based. Mm -hmm. So my boss's favorite cocktail, I know, is an old-fashioned. And just taking, like, a box cake mix... We added different flavors to it. So like the old fashioned um, cake. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did like an orange zest and a little yep. bit of orange juice in the cake. We did a bourbon buttercream. Okay. And then we did a bourbon soaked cherry on top with a little orange twist on it. Oh, that sounds they were great. Really cute. I will have to send you these pictures. I don't, I probably can't find them very fast because, you know. That's fine. They've gone down. Run. Yeah. Yeah. And then... We did a mojito flavor. Okay. So we did the lime zest and lime juice in the cake. And then we did 
a little bit of mint rum and lime in the icing. So we put the whole like mojito flavor in the icing and the buttercream. Mm-hmm. Little lime on top, little mint sprig. The one that was most unexpected, I think, was we did a hummingbird. Have you okay. ever had the hummingbird nope. cocktail? Oh, okay. It's like lemonade and St. Germain based. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we did a lemon cake out of that one and got a really good St. Germain. And I think we also had to use champagne. I think there's champagne in there. Hmm. I'm not being a big drinker. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what the, all the ingredients of these cocktails are. But I think we put uh, lemon, St. Germain, and champagne in the icing. And that one was really surprising. It was so good. Um, and a lot of my coworkers were very surprised. They didn't. They hadn't tried the hummingbird or knew what it was, but they were like, these mm-hmm. are really good. So I've been thinking about, since my birthday is rapidly approaching at this point mm-hmm. in time, uh, maybe doing a Girl Scout cookie-flavored cupcake <laughs> thing. So I'm trying to put that together in my mind. I don't know Some what. Trifoils and <laughs> yeah. they could have a hard chocolate bottom. It could be yeah. fun. But, you know, everybody loves the thin mint and that would be an easy one to mm-hmm. make a cupcake out of. And I think the one that we're enjoying the most right now is actually the lemon one. I don't know if you, if the Girl Scout cookies are out up there yet. If you get, They've been around. I just don't usually partake. Nothing against the Girl Scouts and much more something against having boxes of cookies in the house. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I know what will happen. Yeah. So I have a child who will inhale most of them, so I don't feel so bad about it. But mm. uh, I always was a big fan of the, uh, they're either called Caramel Delights or Samoas, depending on where you're at. Okay. In the United States. Uh, I know them as a Samoa. Yeah. They're Caramel Delights here. And I think it's because of the... There's like two different bakeries in the country. And for some reason, they don't use the same names on like three different cookies. It's very huh. strange. So it depends on which bakery your area is supplied by what you get. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm figuring out what I'm going to do for a caramel delight cupcake since I think that's my my favorite for my birthday. That sounds fun. But yeah, I'm, I, I don't get to do it as much anymore. You know, yeah. I just don't have as much time. And it's something I really enjoy when I get into it. Like, oh, I forgot that I really like to make my own sweets instead mm-hmm. of just buying them all the time. Yeah. I just this year have decided uh, to get into bread making. Yeah. Yeah. I missed it in pandemics one and two. So not going <laughs> to third time's charm. Uh, I've been making baguettes about once a week uh, hmm. this whole year. Nice. And I'm doing all kinds of fun stuff with the flavors. I just use King Arthur's basic baguette recipe. I mean, the standard, right? Yeah. For home bakers. It is for sure. At least everyone I've talked to. Um, But I do, I've done, I do like a rosemary, garlic and cheddar stuffed baguette. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. I do a gochujang baguette, which is fermented Korean chili paste. Oh, okay. Okay. With uh, chives. Mm. I've done a falafel spice baguette hmm. where it's like the spice that so it's not the texture of falafel, but it's the spices that you put in a falafel. And then I'll top that with sesame seeds. Yeah. Like between the two of us, we could put on a pretty good party, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you hit all the savory notes and I'll handle the sweets at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've even talked about all the cocktail making that I do. 
How do we segue that one? We have a not well, very sweet episode, I guess. How's that? <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got season one, episode 17, Eyes. This is another non-JMS episode. The How majority of the non-JMS episodes are actually in season one. Okay. <laughs> uh, he clearly helped, though. This was the last episode that they made for season one. And that's one of the reasons why there's so many references. It was kind of meant to be a recap of the season episode before the finale. Yeah, they kept doing kind of that, the didn't intention. they? There's all kinds of stuff that comes up in this episode that's stuff from the season throughout. Well, yeah, it starts in the very first scene because Lanier, we open up on Lanier going to talk to Garibaldi about mm-hmm. Shalmayan is coming back to visit. Yeah. And he references the previous incident, which if you remember, I don't remember the number episode that was, but it was yeah, very she was early the poet on. friend. Yeah, who yes. got attacked mm-hmm. uh, with the, the young Mimbari people, the young couple. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That episode. Oh, I think I wrote it down. The, the war prayer. Was yep. that it? Okay. Hey, got it. It's <laughs> like I wrote something and I think this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, and uh, he goes, when he goes to see Garibaldi, Garibaldi is working on a motorcycle in his quarters. <laughs> My initial thought was that this is some real Ensign Mariner shit. I mean, this station is amazing, and they have Romulan whiskey. And I bet you thought it was going to be green, but it is actually blue. It's this very beautiful color. Romulan whiskey is against regulation. Yeah, because it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Garibaldi agrees to increase the security detail, and then when you're asked about the bike, and he's like, this is a Kawasaki Ninja ZX-11 Vintage 1992. Like that means anything. Yeah. And he also refers to it as the best performance bike of its time, which motorcycle fans, if you can verify this, please let us know. (laughs) (laughs) So I checked my usual sources and uh, found that this was notably not a sponsored deal. Really? Um, Because it felt. (laughs) It it did. And I guess Kawasaki had specifically advertised the Ninja on a bunch of other P10 shows which is the network that Babylon 5 was on for its first couple of seasons. Okay. And so they're like, oh, we've got an in. We know a guy. We'll make it work. Uh And uh, they did it because Jerry Doyle was an enthusiast. Okay. You feel it. They just worked it it in. Yeah. You can feel his vibe. (laughs) And they didn't get a sponsorship. They didn't get a dime for it. They did get loaned the bike for filming. And the Mm -hmm. language used made me think that it was like, a very short-term loan that they paid for. Yeah. It wasn't even like a comped bike. <laughs> so that whole, the whole C-plot was filmed in like a day. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Lanier agrees to learn Japanese to help Garibaldi Lego his bike together. I thought that was adorable. I like, mean, we already know. This language. Yeah. It was established that he's very good at that because he do all 117 meanings of some word in yeah. all the subdialects. Yeah. He's the right guy. Mm-hmm. And after this, we cut to two creeps just straight creeping. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey it's Combs Jeffrey Combs, <laughs> who looks like baby, but is actually 40. I know. I can't believe it. I know I, we discussed this last time, but I, I just um, watched the episode this afternoon for this, yeah. and I was like, God, he's so young. <laughs> I took personal offense to this at how young he looks at his age. <laughs> well, he could maybe he dyes his hair. I don't know. 
Jeffrey Combs, you've made an enemy. I want you to know that. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs ain't scared of you. Shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jeffrey Combs is, they're talking about Ivanova specifically in this episode, mm -hmm. or in this uh, part of the scene. And he, Jeffrey Combs says that she'll be a problem, but he doesn't need to deal with her because her record is spotless. But the other creep is, says, no, we're going to deal with all of them. Mm -hmm. Very, very ominously. They will begin when the time is right. Hmm. To theme. And after theme, they're discussing the unrest that's currently taking place on Mars, noting they can't stop intergalactic trade of arms. That is legal. But they can let Earth Force know stuff is coming so they can enforce the embargo. I think I told you last time that these three episodes that we're in here, this mm -hmm. uh, previous episode, Eyes and TKO, are ones that I firmly do not remember. And at this yes. point, I thought this was going to be the A-plot. I thought arms dealing was our A-plot. Mm. It is not. It is not. It does segue into the A-plot, I guess. But Yeah. Uh, it, it sort of informs the A-plot. But the A-plot is really the straight creep, straight creeping. And mm -hmm. we cut to one of them interrogating Lou Welch, who we've yep. seen him before, I believe. Yeah, he's Garibaldi's number two. Yeah. He's in a handful of episodes and does a couple other bit parts here and there. Like he's mm -hmm. one of the Psycops in Ivanova's nightmare sequence later. I, well, they, they did have masks on. I was going to say, yeah, they were wearing masks that, the entire but... time. Yeah. yeah. I would not have known had I not read it. Yeah. We were just trying uh, to pad his paycheck a little, give him something extra to do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're paying for someone to have enough speaking lines to have to get their SGA credit. Yeah. You may as well. Yeah. So. SAG. Screen actor skill. This. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. And so one of our creeps is there, and at this point, I had read the intro credits and known who his name his name as a character was Colonel Ari Benzon, mm -hmm. which we find out later. But he is currently using an alias. Yeah. Uh, and this sets off some flags with the number two, so he pages Garibaldi to let him know what's up. Garibaldi makes a point of following the creep. And we get a non-gorilla bartender, which is bullshit <laughs> for the episode that's supposed to be calling back to everything previously in the season. This was the time. It's a crime, really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping the reboot's got a ton of gorilla bartenders. <laughs> Tweet me, JMS. <laughs> Garibaldi also goes back to his quarters and Lydia is studying the whole history of the motorcycle. And I just want to point out that he references that the last gas-powered motorcycle was built in 2035. How do you think we're doing on that one, Jaffer? <laughs> well, no more gasoline engines are going to be allowed to be built in Europe in, by 2040. Mm. That's a real thing that's happening. Okay. There is not a similar push here in the United States no. on a governmental front, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of the major, major auto manufacturers are very hard shifting to electric vehicles. I mean, Ford's got an electric F-150. Mm -hmm. um, GM has released or revealed about six or seven electric vehicles at this point, mm -hmm. um, either in production, about to be released, been released with another like six or seven they've announced on the way. I worked for GM for a year. I don't know. I don't think we've talked about this. <laughs> I don't think I've heard about your time with GM. No. I work, Yeah, I worked for General Motors for a year in prototype purchasing. And so I worked with engineers and I would source one-off or two-off parts for testing for experimental engines. Mm, okay. And I did that for a year before I realized I 
had no chance of ever having a career there beyond doing exactly the thing that I was doing and left. Mm -hmm. But all kinds of cool stuff on the electrification front. So it's, I don't um, think we're going to hit the 2035 target. I'm going to say no, that that's going to get no. missed, but at least it's all happening. <laughs> yeah. In America, honestly, maybe if another couple of countries push in, because right now I think China has one too. That's like 2035, maybe 2040 mm -hmm. only electric vehicles. They it would take, I mean, we do too, but yeah. Yeah. It would take like Canada and Mexico and a couple other major players internationally to make it a thing mm -hmm. um but i think as long as there are self-driving cars in this country there will be gasoline powered cars sold in this country mm -hmm. um one the gas lobby uh but two also just enthusiasts and stuff race and culture and oh, driving yes. is a much more intrinsic part of american culture than it is in other parts of the world from my experience uh -huh. of traveling yeah. so like if you don't have your driver's license in america people look at you weird yeah, well, and as uh, Lanier also points out, or maybe his, maybe the wiki points out to him first that the motorcycle was a sign of sexual prowess. We can't yeah. let that go in America, can we? Nope. We do associate the engine revving uh, mm -hmm. that Garibaldi did earlier with some of those things that are very deeply tied into our psyche. <laughs> Garibaldi checks in and thinks that the creeps might be there to sell weapons of some mm -hmm. sorts to the Martians, yes. knowing the uh, corporation they're from is a military supplier and the aliases that they're using. Sinclair agrees to let him investigate further. And we cut to Garibaldi going straight to the creeps' quarters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can investigate these guys. Find out what's going on. Make sure it's, they're not going to sell illegal weapons to the Martians. He says, do it carefully to avoid a corporate lawsuit. And immediately Garibaldi goes straight to down that door. <laughs> but we see Gray, Jeffrey Combs, putting on mm -hmm. some very notable black gloves as Garibaldi is knocking on the door. Mm -hmm. um, he tries to tell him that Franks isn't there, but Garibaldi says, I will talk to you then. Gray mm -hmm. tries to keep up the cover story, saying that they're from Quartermaster Corporation, but yeah. Franks arrives a few moments later. And Saves the day. Yeah, he just straight up introduces himself now as Colonel Ari Benzane. Yeah. Uh, Internal affairs. Basically, yep. They call it eyes. All right, now look, Father. I'm a patient man. That's what 19 months in a Vietnamese prison camp will do to you. But I will be watching you, studying your every move. Which I, I like that. It's a good, it's a good uh, alias for it. Yeah. He offers Garibaldi a drink. Rude. Oh, and uh, he clearly knows what he's doing because he asks oh, yeah. Garibaldi if he would like that drink. And then when he says no, he says good, implying that he knows about Garibaldi's alcohol problem. For sure. Yeah, no, I've got the same thing written down. He clearly Rude. knew. Yeah. Very yeah. rude. And then we go to commercial, and when we come back, the creeps are in Sinclair's office, and he is just incensed at this entire thing happening. Mm -hmm. Colonel Benzane ex explains his authority, comes from the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They talk about how they're all going to get scanned by Psycor now, and yeah. Ivanova is livid. We know why. The Colonel reassigns Garibaldi to his staff for the duration of the investigation. He says he does this because I like his style. And I thought, see, Garibaldi, this is where you should start re-examining yourself. Like when, <laughs> when this man says that he likes how you do business, you should ask mm -hmm. yourself. Hmm, Maybe that... I need to calm it down. Yeah. 
the Spanish Inquisition pieces to make a schedule. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Sinclair is pissed, even though he brought this upon himself with the whole Rush Act episode. And right. Ivanova takes a hard stance against getting scanned. Benzon then orders Garibaldi to turn over all logs, including confidential and classified, on an accelerated time frame, which yeah. she's upset about. Meanwhile, Lanier runs into Garibaldi to ask about helping to build the motorcycle because he's all done his research and learned Japanese and he's ready to go. Yep. And Garibaldi's just too busy and he's just like, yeah, whatever. I just, that's fine. Work on it for the next 24 hours while I'm preoccupied with this bullshit. Here's the key to my quarters. Go, go, go. Right. <laughs> Out of my hair, please. Yep. He goes back to his office and as he is downloading the files, which hilariously are going to take like several hours to uh, transfer to wherever they're going, he decides that he's also going to investigate Benzane and Gray. Yep, he looks them up over the interwebs. Yeah. Just the term they use throughout the episode. I really enjoyed that. Every time they said interweb, I, I laughed very hard. Because <laughs> that's what we millennials say jokingly. Yeah. <laughs> I love 100%. it. hundred percent. But they're totally serious when they say it. That makes it even more special. I just love it. Mm. Mr. Gray goes to CNC to stargaze. Mm. Eh-ish. Yeah, and massive Ivana invasion. And not happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He acknowledges her hostility towards Psycorp and why. Says he's sympathetic. She's, she'll send him a birthday card. <laughs> he is way oversharing. He tells his whole backstory about how he wanted to be a pilot and he, you know, was going through the programs or whatever and then his power mm-hmm. manifested and he couldn't be a pilot. And he's just way info dumping his background on her that is not necessary. But it's necessary for us for the story, but you know, in- I, I think it is necessary. I, th- I under, I, th- I understand what he's trying to do here. If what he's cause... trying to do is he's trying to create a false like sense of, if I share this with you, then you'll be more comfortable with me. It I don't think it makes false. people more uncomfortable. It does well, make it, people more uncomfortable, but I think false. he's being genuine. He is being genuine. It's not false. I should take that word back. But it's it's something he's doing because he's been an isolated person and he doesn't know how normal people relate to one another. And That's so fair. he yeah. is is making assumptions about a relationship so he can get what he needs to get here faster. And it is clearly making her uncomfortable. Yeah, I think he's just he knows that the colonel is going to demand a scan of her. Right. And I think he's read enough of her file to know that that's not going to be something she's going to be okay with. And he's trying to make her more comfortable, which is not going to work. Yeah. He's like, look, I won't invade your privacy. I'm just going to do a little surface level thing. You won't even notice that she's all like, fuck off and die. Yeah. Um, or actually, <laughs> I believe it is rip off your head and piss in it to commercial. <laughs> yeah. And then when we get back from commercial, Ben Zane is commenting that Vorlons are trouble and reminds us about the episode Deathwalker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's basically going through Sinclair's whole season one file and questioning all of his decisions, but Garibaldi won't offer up any opinions. He says, if you need to talk about that, you need to take it up with Sinclair. Mm -hmm. He says he's going to, he's going to interview Sinclair tomorrow and that he needs to go and get some rest. So it's like eight or 9 a.m. I'm guessing at this point, given he goes to CNC right after. Yeah. And Sinclair is there. 
Garibaldi tells him he's been up all night with Colonel Ben Hitler. Mm-hmm. Did you find this weird? I did for a couple of reasons. Yeah, me too. I think um, they're the same reasons. <laughs> Let's just well, share that. yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, the whole Hitler thing, right? Also, his first name's Ari. Ari Benzane is clearly like a a Jewish descent, or it's supposed to be at least He's Middle Eastern Jewish descent. Oh, oh Middle Eastern. Uh, well, he references per JMS's notes. Benzane is a single name, and it's hyphenated. Okay. Okay. Um, so he, he references yeah. later to me as well that he says he fought in israel he fought in new jerusalem which made yeah. me think this person is being at least hinted at that he could be middle eastern jewish yes um so the fact that garibaldi called him ben hitler i was like it feels like this is a very deliberate writing choice that someone has made and you've just told us that jms didn't write this episode yeah um but it feels like they're referencing some of that anti-semitism i'm not sure but I don't know. I had read that he was Middle Eastern before I watched the episode. Okay. Okay. So that did not even click at all that he yeah. might be yeah. Jewish. Yeah. I know he does say he does specifically that he fought in Israel, though, which is interesting. It in the morning, we have Sinclair Garibaldi give us a season recap of events, unrest on colonies, the president's enemies, mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, they resolve to get through this whole investigation and hope it doesn't turn into a witch hunt. Mm-hmm. After this, we get Lanier focusing slash meditating with a zabi gabi is what he's chanting while working on the motorcycle. Yeah, I I had a good laugh. Well, that's that's a double joke there. Because uh, oh. besides just being something ridiculous that he's chanting, it is the name of a Barnes and Barnes album. Uh <laughs> Barnes and Barnes being the musical duo of Bill Mummy and Robert Hammer from America. Oh, yeah, that's cute. So, yeah, it was the name of like their most recent album that they had put out that he was chanting because they didn't have anything. He's just like, just chant something. Uh And so that's what he did. And apparently they didn't find out until much later. That's great. I love it. A plus Bill Mummy. Ivanova is having nightmares about her mom and Psycor. She wakes up in a cold sweat and we yeah. get this really weird dream sequence um, yeah. that kind of goes over what happened. And Very 90s. Yeah. 90s dream sequence. She's got the um, the 90s blouse with a little bit of a loose tie in the front. She's got mm-hmm. her blown out hair. She looks like she just walked off the set of a Bonnie Tyler music video. She's being tortured by comedy and tragedy dressed as psychops. She wakes up screaming for her mom. Did you mm-hmm. catch that part? That was yeah. kind of sad. She goes to Sinclair's quarters, uh, telling him that she's going to resign immediately rather than submit to telepathic scan. Sinclair's dad mode activates, and he will not <laughs> let her accept this resignation. He's not going to let her ruin her career over this, and he's going to prevent it. Mm-hmm. He's going to stop the scan because he's been studying the regulations and he's figured out a loophole yep he kind of confronts her on it though it's like why are you so dead set mm-hmm. against this psychic scan and she's like i had psychic contact with my mother i felt my own mother's love for me yeah. no one can intrude on that memory yeah that's a good cover <laughs> yeah it is it's, a, it's a very sweet and believable and no one's going to question it 
Exactly. We cut to Ben Zane and he's discussing the ongoing investigation with Gray. We see that Gray, Jeff, Jeffrey Combs, is kind of uh, reluctant to do this and do any deep mm-hmm. scans. Uh, he says that that's not how the regulation was written. And Ben Zane says that Bester will appreciate him helping with this. Uh, mm-hmm. But mentioning Bester seems to surprise Gray. We're not quite sure why at this point. Yeah. But it, it, not in a good way, necessarily. Yeah. Sinclair comes in for his interview and insists that Mr. Gray not participate. Uh, the laws for scans only apply when there are specific charges and not blanket loyalty checks. Mm-hmm. The colonel calls for insubordination, but Sinclair counters that without a tribunal law re- for the legal review because it hasn't heard because it's too recent. He has the right to uh, determine its meaning or something as a command officer. Yeah. So he kind of like lawyers him really quick. Kaboom! You've been lawyered. Marshall Erickson style. And uh, the colonel is pissed, but he's going to continue without Mr. Gray. Uh, Mr. Gray is dismissed from the interview, wanders around the station where he runs into Ivanova on lunch. I, I would say that he seeks out. I don't think he was just running into her. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. He joins her. He's trying to get her to warm up. And he admits to us, we can kind of see that he doesn't like how Ben Zane's tactics are going because we've sensed mm-hmm. his reluctance throughout the episode, but he admits to her that he doesn't like this guy. Yeah, he's efficient, but he lacks humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she says something like, not liking Psychor. And he's like, you don't really know anyone in Psychor, including Talia. Yeah. Name gets a reaction out of her. She realizes that she was being passively scammed. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of pulled that out of her brain. And uh, Mr. Gray notes it's unusual for someone to know they are being brain scammed. Yeah. Unless you must have had psychic contact with your mom before. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I think, it's he, I think fine. he knows at this point. Yeah, I think he is trying to cover for her a little. Like he, yeah, he's like maybe he's like seventy five percent sure. And he I, know, I think it. he's a hundred percent. Honestly, so? I think he's sure before the episode starts. Yeah, because the story that he tells in CNC would be her story if it was true and known. Mm-hmm. It was known that she was a latent telepath. That's not spoilers, right? They tell us that in like episode three, she tells Talia. Or is that super down the line? We find I out th- she's a latent telepath. I think it's later, but I think it's been so strongly Whoops, hinted spoilers. at. Spoilers. I can't remember, but I think it's so strongly hinted at that it doesn't. This is not spoiling for anybody. And, it's, and we know it's genetic. And we yeah. you know that it's passed down from parents. So for Ivanova to be a latent telepath would not be unusual yeah i mean and i think i think, I think he's well aware because the otherwise why would you tell that story in cnc besides just to ingratiate yourself it is literally like oh i wanted to be in the service and i was a telepath so they wouldn't let me so you don't have anything to worry about with me scanning you yeah yeah it's no it's too, it lines up too well he knows yeah yeah i wish that i'm gonna spoil my myself a little bit for the end of this episode when we talk about our rating, but I wish mm-hmm. that Jeffrey Combs had been used a little better. Yeah, you know, he like, felt a little... Mm. Not that he was, he himself is bad, but I, it felt like the writing or the direction, some of the things that he was getting at could have been clearer. Yeah. This is a moment like that. If, if that was what was intended, I think he could have made that clearer. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. We go back to the interview and Sinclair is done with this shit. 
Uh, yeah. And goes to walk out. He gets charged with a specific thing, enabling the scan legislation to apply. Yeah. Working against the best interest of Earth, which is a very broad thing to yeah. charge someone with. <laughs> yeah. Sinclair's confined to quarters. The colonel has assumed command of the station and everyone's going to get scanned against their will. Yeah. Scans for everyone. <laughs> you get a scan and you get a scan. <laughs> um, after commercial, Benzane lays down the new law in CNC and tells Ivanova she's on the scanning block and she just leaves her post, calls for someone to replace her. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, guess I'm resigning Earth Force right now. Garibaldi, you said you'd buy me a drink? Yeah, she says she would be dis rather be dishonorably discharged. She would rather go serve the Midbari because at least they have honor, which question mark. <laughs> We've been told a lot that the Mimbari have honor in this first season, but I don't know how much I've seen. Well, except for last episode, right? When Lanier takes the fall for Londo. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Garibaldi says he'll meet her in the casino in 10 minutes. He's got to go check on something. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Sinclair is talking to a general or something. I'm assuming it's a general. Yeah, he's wearing a uniform. Sure. Yeah, the and the president can't help stop this uh, right now. He doesn't have the political capital because right. he's trying to get this thing passed in Congress. And Sinclair's mm -hmm. just like, what the fuck? Meanwhile, at the casino, someone's playing space craps and makes oh, the mistake the, of pissing off a drunk Ivanova. Yeah, the the lamest looking space craps ever, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. And why would you touch her? Why would you touch her? He touches yeah. her hair. That's uh, terrible. I mean, uh, not only is it terrible just to touch women who are just minding your own business, but she's actually a military commander. <laughs> well, and she beats shit out of them. Yeah, she does. So <laughs> that's nice. I mean, we just need to see her spin kicks. That's why. Yep. Garibaldi's found the colonel was much higher on the list to run B5 than Sinclair. And mm -hmm. he is also personal friends with Bester, which I don't believe. Bester doesn't have friends. No, 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 no. Who apparently set this whole thing up. Yeah. They get a call about a problem in the casino, and we cut to Ivanova just wrecking shit. Spin <laughs> kicks. <laughs> it's great. She breaks a bottle over somebody's head. Yeah. It's brilliant. Garibaldi goes to stop her. She's like, you going to arrest me? And he's like, no, I like nope. living. And if the day ever comes when you're tempted to sell me out, remember this. Whatever the price, I'll beat it. I like living. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I just want to talk. <laughs> um, but he does uh, place her in custody. I th the implication here, and it doesn't matter because she's in the next scene anyways, mm -hmm. weirdly. The implication here is that Garibaldi is like going to put her in the brig, which is going to prevent her from being scanned because she's going to be on criminal charges or something. Yeah, no, I like that plan, too. That's a good plan. <laughs> and then she's in the room in the next scene where they confront uh, the colonel about all this stuff. It's like she should not be there. Yeah, you're actively <laughs> encouraging like the next scene. Uh, Sinclair goads Mr. Gray into scanning the colonel as well. He's just like, just scan everybody. I don't care, whatever, you know, like, just do your telepath thing. And it's just like, you just invited Ivanova in this room. Yeah. Rude. Well, but he is like, he knows that strong emotions attract the, the telepathic ability yeah. or whatever. And he's planning to put strong emotions in this person. So I guess he's just taking a gamble, but it's, you know, it's still a gamble. <laughs> yeah. To put her in that room with this man. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he goads him saying that, you know, he's coming after him for personal reasons, including being bumped from the list to run B5. Mm-hmm. Ben Zane loses his temper. He, he points at the scar on his face. You know how I got this scar? <laughs> you want to know how I got these scars? And says that he got it, it, you know, that he's fought in Israel. He's fought in New Jerusalem. He lists off his, his medals and whatever. Yeah. And that Sinclair only got this job because of the Midbari. So clearly he is committing treason with the Midbari here on Babylon yeah. 5. Yeah, he's just some pop who fought on the line. And yeah. isn't fit to command people. Yeah. All that stuff. And just loses his shit. And uh, Gray feels all the emotion in the room. And is like, oh, no, he's right. And the gamble pays off. And then Sinclair just one punches the curve. Yeah. Takes him out. <laughs> yeah. Gray hits him with, like, pain, he says. And mm-hmm. then Sinclair knocks him out. I guess that means it's all over. <laughs> Yeah, they don't really. (laughs) You punched a colonel. Congratulations. Yeah. You win now, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, because we cut back to the C plot and Mm -hmm. Garibaldi finds that Lanier has completed the motorcycle, which is so sad for Garibaldi. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's upset at first. And then he's just all like, you know what? It's been a shitty couple of days. It's cool to have a bike. Yeah. He's he, just like, oh, you got gasoline? He's just not like, who would use gasoline? It's so destructive. I love that. Shade. And <laughs> then, uh, no, I've got a Mimbari power crystal built into this guy. Yeah, Don't worry a, about it. It's a bunch of glowing crystals, which it seems like the Mimbari are very big on glowing crystals, doesn't it? Yeah. Their power source works for everything. We see Ivanova and Sinclair talking in a promenade type area, which is literally just an excuse to have Lanier and Garibaldi fly by on their crystal powered motorcycle Kawasaki Ninja. <laughs> and that's the episode. Yeah, Ivanova's glad dryly, she says, I'm glad things are back to normal or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a weird like effect on them driving around that I didn't notice any other time i watch this into the last yeah where it's like they're glowing almost like they hit a star power up in mario kart yeah i noticed it i, I assumed it was the engine right i mean yeah it's gotta be yeah yeah unsafe gasoline but these crystals will make you glow when you drive the car <laughs> it's perfectly <laughs> fine don't worry about it harmless glowing uh-huh. <laughs> uh. yeah oh man i had something i wanted to say about this last part oh yeah a lot of it kind of feels bad for gray She's like, mm-hmm. this is going to put him in a bad position. And Sinclair assures her that Bester won't come out of the shadows for this. So Gray is going to be just fine. And I, I loved the choice of wording there. <laughs> out of the shadows. The shadows, you say. Hmm. <laughs> ha. Hmm. <laughs> ha. <laughs> Nothing's on accident. Yep. And that's the episode. Yep. So how'd you feel about this episode? On a scale of Babylon's one to five. Babylon's one to five. I'm still in two territory, my friend. Yeah? Yeah. I Something fell off about the whole thing. And maybe it's maybe it's the whole writing thing. You've, you've pointed out that this is one of the episodes that was not written by JMS. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that's the vibe I'm picking up on. But I felt like Jeffrey Combs wasn't used as well as he could have been. Uh... I found the pacing rather odd. 
Um, I don't know. I just, it's not my favorite. I can see why I don't remember this one at all. Yeah. Like nothing was super memorable for me. All right. I didn't think this one was that bad. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay. Um, I thought that we get a lot of really good uh, Sinclair command style, you know, mm-hmm. coming in and like using the, the regulation and like finding a way to make things work for him without compromising his morals, but also not violating the law is did a very thing that he does. Yeah. Did you say that this was the last episode filmed? Yes. You know, that really speaks to Michael O'Hare because, you know, what we know now is that he was really struggling throughout this season. And Mm -hmm. you do not feel it from the Sinclair character, right? You Like you just said, you you see his command style. You see uh, a lot of authority from him. Mm -hmm. And we know that the actor was not feeling that. Yeah. The actor was having a hard time. Yeah, we do know that. Yeah, and then um, there's, you know, a bit of world building, a bit of sidecore. It's good to recap. Um, I think the episode, because it's so referential, does a good job of giving people an idea of what they're kind of in store for. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there was the, a... We don't reset the clock on any of yeah. these episodes. Like, we, we remember what happened to the Mimbari poet. We are facing consequences for death walker yeah these things matter yeah things that happen on this show matter and that's going to be important to remember for the rest of the show whereas like deep space nine someone spends a hundred years in prison in their mind and it doesn't matter later you know things like that it's it's a different show for sure i read a usenet comment uh about jms noting that someone was complaining that b5 has no continuity between episodes what and really, all that did is just show me that people who are wrong complain on the internet all the time. And yeah. that's nothing new. Yeah. it's It's been 30 years of that. I mean, I, I think that we've pointed out a couple of continuity spots. Like, we've pointed out, like, hey, Lanier just said there are two casts of Minbari, but we know there are three. Yeah. But it is certainly no worse than any other universe. And I would argue that any continuity problems are probably a lot more minor than other fandoms <laughs> especially for its time yeah oh yeah you know we can we can be super nitpicky now because we can watch them all in an after well not one afternoon but you know what i mean we can watch episode after episode after episode yeah and we have the power of the internet to investigate these errors but man this show is better put together than a lot of shows it's true. So I don't I don't buy that for a second, internet idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next up we have season one, episode 18, TKO. Garibaldi helps a disgraced prize fighter regain his honor as a professional athlete by coaching him in a violent alien sporting event. <laughs> it's the requisite boxing episode that every sci-fi show has to have. Uh-huh. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's every the 90s one. boxing episode. Yep. Every, they've all got one. Yep. Fucking Space Above and Beyond had one, I think. Like, it doesn't even matter how little airtime you got. Mm-hmm. Everything has a boxing episode. Yeah, and, there's definitely one. Ours. There's definitely one in Voyager. There's mm-hmm. at least 
a strong boxing reference in a Deep Space Nine episode. My husband, when we got to this one, he was like, pretty sure Battlestar Galactic had a boxing episode. It does. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah. Yeah. It's Discovery fine. just had one like two weeks ago. Did they really? I'm not. I'm not keeping up with on Discovery. I'm Neither sorry. am I. I just saw the screen caps of like uh, on Facebook. Someone posted. It's all like, oh, that's a Wasakun boxing for some reason. It seems like boxing and and uh, baseball are the only two sports that make it into the future. Is that? Uh, well, and um, you know, Okambe Jitsu or whatever and- Riker fights his dad in. <laughs> <laughs> The martial arts and baseball. That's what we got. Yep. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We'll get mm-hmm. our boxing episode out of the way. And then I'm assuming we'll be boxing free after that for the rest of the series. I believe so. <laughs> Blended. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for your time, listener. And thank you to Jeremy Siegel at jeremysegel42.bandcamp.com for our music. Thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our artwork. And mm-hmm. if you want to reach out to us, Jafir's got that email because I can't remember it off the top of my head at this moment. Who are you? B5 at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks. And we and will we'll s- go and we'll answer your emails and read them on the air in our mailbag segments. And do find us on Facebook because we're having some fun with the, the Facebook comments and memes. I we love have memes. been having a lot of fun <laughs> with the memes. So come see us there. We have a Facebook page. Who are you, Babylon 5 Watchcast? All right. right. See you next week, Internet.